When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, one and all, welcome to The Late Show. I am your host, Stephen Colbert. Ladies and gentlemen... (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, the thing we all knew was going to happen and continues to happen at a slightly faster pace. You see, for weeks, Vladimir Putin has been amassing troops on the Ukrainian border, especially near the breakaway Ukrainian provinces of Donetsk, and Luhansk. Well, yesterday, Putin unilaterally declared them independent republics, then directed Russian defense ministry to deploy troops in those regions. Smart. He declares them independent, and then when he sends troops in, he can technically say, that's not an invasion of Ukraine, because that's not Ukraine anymore. (laughs) And at this point, Putin's most important weapon is his Sharpie. (laughs) So... Why? Why is Putin sending troops into a place that's not his country? He claims it's to carry out peacekeeping functions. And it's true. I keep this piece of Ukraine, I keep that piece of Ukraine. I keep all the pieces of Ukraine. I am peacekeeping. Peace having, peace grabbing. And these two regions could be just the beginning because he gave every indication that he wants the whole pierogi. I would like to reiterate that Ukraine is just not our neighboring country. It's an integral part of our own history, culture, and spiritual space. Historically, uh, people from this territory were called Russians. Now, Ukrainian experts have pointed out that nothing Putin just said is true. And I can verify that because I used to live in a neighborhood in Chicago called the Ukrainian Village, not the Russian Village. They have a Ukrainian Catholic church, a Ukrainian Orthodox church, a Ukrainian delis, Ukrainian barbers. When I lived there back in December of 1991, the Ukrainians were holding an independence referendum. And I went to that barbershop and I said, hey, you're Ukrainian. What do you think is going to happen in the vote tomorrow? And he was so happy that this American kid took an interest in the independence of Ukraine that he turned me away from the mirror and walked around me for two hours cutting my hair just to have somebody to talk to (laughs) until all I had left were white walls and a little tuft on the top of my head like a Katzenjammer kid. And and he did to my head what Russia wants to do to Ukraine. And if I had called him a Russian, he would have given me the Sweeney Todd. (laughs) By the way, the very next day, they held that referendum in Ukraine, and 92% of the Ukrainian population voted for independence from the Soviet Union. No one can dispute that kind of margin. Not even Russia's biggest cable news celebrity, the My Turnip Guy. (laughs) In In his speech just last night, just last night, in his speech last night, Putin lied some more. Modern Ukraine from the beginning and in its totality has been created by Russia. 
to prove Putin wrong. After he made that claim, the United States Embassy in Kyiv tweeted out these four churches in Kyiv dating all the way back to the 10th century next to the empty forest that Moscow was in the same period. <laughs> oh, snap! You just got St. Peter's burned! That's crazy. Not to be out-memed, Putin then tweeted, I can has Ukraine. <laughs> it's an oldie but a goodie. It's an oldie but a goodie. <laughs> Following all this, the White House initially avoided calling Putin's troop movements an invasion and imposed light sanctions, barring new investment, trade, and financing by U.S. persons to, from, or in the so-called Donetsk People's Republic and the Luhansk People's Republic. Well, that's a disaster for anyone invested in the Ukrainian coffee chain, Duncan Donetsk. <laughs> but... That's right, but today... But today... Latte Schnell Stroganoff, was that? But today, that all changed, because Joe Biden spoke to the American people and laid out some tough penalties. We're implementing full blocking sanctions on two large Russian financial institutions, VEB and their military bank. We're implementing comprehensive sanctions on Russian sovereign debt. That means we've cut off Russia's government from Western financing. It can no longer raise money from the West and cannot trade in its new debt on our markets or European markets either. So that means no Russian money can come into the U.S. There goes Tucker Carlson's sponsors. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> the administration, along with allies from Asia, are also considering even harsher sanctions that would cut off Russia from the high tech that helps warplanes and passenger jets fly and make smartphones smart. When these sanctions do take effect, your iPhone in Russia is gonna sound like this. Hey Siri, give me directions to St. Petersburg. Uh, I don't know. And it's not just, it's not just <laughs> the president. The Senate is preparing its own list of sanctions and reportedly, Republican lawmakers are itching to sanction Putin's romantic partner. Putin's romantic partner? So, the horse? So, whoa, whoa, whoa. Our allies are also getting in on the sanctioned game, specifically German Chancellor and Herr Magoo. <laughs> Olaf Scholz. This morning, despite his nation's reliance on Russian energy, Scholz announced that the Germans would suspend its certification of the Russia to Germany Nord Stream 2 natural gas pipeline, which means Germany's gonna have to rely on their own source of natural gas, eating sauerkraut. <laughs> it's all part of their new patriotic campaign, Beat Putin, Get Tootin. <laughs> Germany, I don't think that's gonna be that effective. I don't think it's gonna be, what? That's not dignified enough for you? Grow up. Germany shutting down the pipeline led former Russian Prime Minister Dmitry Medvedev to tweet about the high-priced natural gas they'll now face. Welcome to the new world where Europeans would soon have to pay 2,000 euros per 1,000 cubic meters. Whoa! That is a lot! 
or a little. <laughs> the metric system means nothing to me. I don't just, what's the temperature? I don't, it's a little number, I don't, is that bad? Of course, the country most affected by the invasion of Ukraine might just be Ukraine, which, contrary to what Putin thinks, is a country led by Ukrainian president and grown-up Eddie Munster, <laughs> Volodymyr Zelensky. In light of Putin's aggression, Zelensky now says he's considering a request from Ukraine's foreign ministry to sever diplomatic relations between Ukraine and the Russian Federation. That's right, he's considering it. It's like Julius Caesar famously said as he was being stabbed to death, et tu, Brute, I am seriously considering asking you to return your friendship bracelet. <laughs> so, just considering it, John. He's considering it. That's all. The bracelet. So, all this makes for a very stressful and uncertain time on the ground in Ukraine, but there is one person having the time of his life. Multilingual AP reporter Philip Crowther who posted this video. There's been a war with Russian-backed forces. Wow. That looks... That's... Now, that looks impressive, but if you translate it, he's just repeating the phrase, where is the library? I must use the bathroom urgently. <laughs> Moving on to the world of sport. For years, the U.S. women's soccer players have been fighting for equal pay, and this morning, the U.S. Soccer Federation and women's players agreed to settle their lawsuit. That's right. They did it. You see? Dad's go. Hell yeah. Hey! I can't believe it's a great thing. It's a wonderful outcome. I just can't believe it took this long to reach this goal! I see. I see. The decision caps a six-year fight over equal pay. Six years! So... Half a soccer game? I don't... <laughs> it's in metric, so I don't, I don't really understand. The new agreement includes a pledge from the Federation to equalize pay for the men's and women's national teams, and the athletes involved in the lawsuit will receive $24 million. <laughs> that's great. That's, 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 that's really good. That's nice. That's great, but keep in mind, they're only allowed to spend it with their feet. That 24 mil didn't come out of nowhere. The bulk of the figure is back pay, a tacit admission that compensation for the men's and women's teams has been unequal for years. They're admitting it. They're admitting it. Men and women's soccer pay has been unequal for years, kind of like their World Cup victories. Coming up, meanwhile. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. 
excited. Two of my favorite Johns are going to be on here in just a little while. Obviously, yes. you're one of them. You're right yes. over there, John. Yes, indeed. But uh, the great, truly a treasure, John yes. Turturro is going to be out here in this little while. Hey! And uh, from CNN, I've known this man for many years, John Avlon is going to be on here. Yes. Book about Lincoln great. And the fight for peace yes. after the Civil War. Great. John, you know what I saw on Saturday night? I saw... The Music Man. The at Music the Man. Theater, yes. Right down the street from here. And the thing about it, one of the reasons why it felt so great to see this musical, and by the way, everyone go see this musical, it is like we would all be healed as a nation if we would all just go see this musical. Yes. It's not telling you anything. It's just telling you a good story, trying to make you feel good. Yes. But you know, we were in this building on and off for two... How long were we out of this building? We are out of the building for five months and then in this building for another 15 months without in a little room and I was in my office part of the time and I looked out the window and every day I would look at the music man marquee mm -hmm. right down oh, the street yeah, here right as the entire world shut down two weeks before they were supposed to open two years ago and they just opened on like February 10th or something like that and going to see it really felt like very very helpful hopeful mm -hmm. yeah I think it's one of the reasons why the audience was just so lit and the mm -hmm. cast was so joyful mm -hmm. is that we it, they felt like okay this was like an emergence like coming out of hibernation or something and I right. hope we can all celebrate in public together without masks hugging without fear soon um, definitely 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 there I said it 100%. where do I find the courage You know, folks, if you watch the show, you know I spent a lot of time right over there combing through the day's big stories, selecting the finest news tenors and the silkiest sopranos. Then I brush up on the works of Cervantes and find the perfect sweet spot between drama, humor, and opera to compose for you the timeless and seductive Spanish zarzuela that is my monologue. But sometimes, sometimes, folks, I wake up in the freezer of a combination Taco Bell Pizza Hut on the expressway and I... <laughs> Cut a pair of leg holes into a potato sack and race barefoot into the city to break into an abandoned dollar store where I fashion a pair of castanets from defective chattering teeth toys. <laughs> then I down a jerry can full of Red Bull and cough medicine before staggering into a public park to disturb tourists with the Drifters Flamenco Showcase of News that is my segment. <laughs> Meanwhile. <laughs> Meanwhile. Oh, the Wells Fargo wagon is coming down the street. <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> supply chain problems just got worse for car buyers because a cargo ship full of luxury cars is on fire and adrift in the middle of the Atlantic. So either a terrible industrial accident or they're filming the new sequel, The Fast and the Furious, Too Wet, Too Flaming. <laughs> As for the buyers of those autos, Porsche says that customers with cars on board the burning ship are being contacted by their dealers. I'd love to hear that call. Uh, hello, yeah, Mr. Johnson, remember how you declined the uh, protective undercoating? <laughs> I got some bad news, buddy. <laughs> Meanwhile, ever since the New York Times bought Wordle a few weeks ago, players have been afraid that the game would change, and it has. Because now there's a slew of ad-tracking tech on a game once lauded for having none at all. In other words, Wordle is watching you. <laughs> Fine. Whatever. But if it's watching, can it pitch in and tell me if the O isn't the second letter, but it's also not the third letter? How can it not be ocean? Say something! <laughs>
I don't know, Chris. <laughs> Meanwhile, an auction house in New York has a piece of sports memorabilia on the block, a cigar that Michael Jordan smoked with a starting bid of $500. It's like that old saying, one man's trash is another man's $500 trash. <laughs> Meanwhile, a raccoon fell through the ceiling into a packed LSU dining hall. <laughs> In a totally unrelated story, tomorrow's dining hall special is ceiling meat jambalaya. <laughs> ceiling meat. <laughs> Meanwhile, the internet is very excited about today being 2-22-22. See? Very excited because it's a palindrome, and this one is especially rare because it landed on a Tuesday and is therefore being called Tuesday. <laughs> the last time this happened was 400 years ago in 1622 when they called it Satan's Alignment, and every village burnt two redheads to save the crops. There was even a website, there's even a website out there some folks have been following named World Tuesday with the message. Let's make it a day of taking care of ourselves. What do you do to make it a good day for yourself? Yoga, reading, see a good friend, spending time in nature? Me, I'm gonna go home and binge euphoria while eating an entire Kroger sheet cake. <laughs> or as I call it, Tuesday. <laughs> well. Well, in honor of Tuesday, Tonight's Meanwhile is brought to you by the number two. And we have a very special guest. Come out and say hello to everybody. The number two, everybody. Are you ready to party? Get it? Two, 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 two. What's up, Steve? Let's light this candle. Well, hello, uh, two. You certainly do seem to be enjoying the day. I've had two fists of bourbon, two bottles of Adderall I stole from uh, two different pharmacies, and two lovers. It was six and nine. Guys, <laughs> tonight we're gonna party like it's two, two, twenty-two. Woo! I want a fist fight, a stop sign. Okay, that's, that's not the tone that I was expecting, uh, number two. You're, you're, you're going pretty hard there. I'm gonna make those prudes at Sesame Street regret firing me. I haven't been this blasted since I hung with number three on March 3rd, 1333. We stole an ox cart and crashed it into a blacksmith. That chick is sketch AF. Stole my boyfriend. Do not lend her money. More pills! So, don't, don't encourage her. So do, 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 do you maybe think you should take it a little easier? Shut up, Steve. This is my time. You said it yourself. This hasn't happened since the 17th century. I haven't gotten laid in 400 years. Ask me who it was. Look, I, I, it's really none of my Galileo. business. Galileo! That telescope wasn't the only thing that expands. He went to town on this. Woo! Oh, oh, woo! Well, I'm, glad you're I'm glad you're having fun, too, but I, I heard today is supposed to be about self-care. This is self-care. I'm celebrating me for once. My name is synonymous with taking a dump, and I come second at literally everything. Why? Oh, because of you-know-who. I'm number one. You were born into it. Screw her. 
Let's make out. No, 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 thank you. Fight me! I can't be killed! The number two, everybody! Coming up, John Turturro. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So, whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So, download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, everybody, welcome back <laughs> to the best show on Broadway. Welcome back, everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, my first guest tonight is an actor you know from Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, The Night Of, and The Big Lebowski. His new film is The Batman. Some event, huh? Brought out the one guy in the city more reclusive than me. Thought you'd never leave the shoreline. Aren't you afraid someone will take a shot at you? Why? Because your father ain't around. Oz, you know Bruce Wayne? Wow, is that right? His father saved my life. I got shot in the chest. Right here. I couldn't go to no hospital, so we showed up on his doorstep. Operated right on the dining room table. Kid here, he, he saw the whole thing. Up on the stairs looking down. I remember your face. You don't think that meant something he did then? It means he took the Hippocratic Oath. Hippocratic Oath. That's good. Please welcome back to The Late Show, John Turturro. See Great you. to and see thanks you. Thanks for being back. Thanks well, thank for being you. back. Uh, you know, time doesn't mean anything anymore because of no. the last couple years. No, we're all on Zoom, so But that's the, it, the so. thing is, is that I just found out moments ago when I was talking to my producer here, the last time you were here was February 27th, yeah. 2020. That's right. It was right before everything shut down. That's right. Okay. And it's lovely to have you back. Well, it's lovely to be years. back. years. Yeah. And yeah. that... That was the day before your birthday, right? Yeah, yeah that's the right. day before yeah. your birthday, February 28th. Right. So, and now you're about a week away from your birthday. <laughs> Thank you for making it a tradition. Yes, it's almost to like celebrate every two years. Us. It's like a half a leap year type exactly. of thing. Yeah. <laughs> you're about to be the big six five. Yeah. You got any plans? So how are you going to celebrate? I'm not retiring. No, 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 no. But no, still, collect, still collect the Social Security. Yeah. You've been paying in. No, they, they send you that AARP stuff, and you're like, I, I put it in the garbage. <laughs> and I'm like, I, you know. You have a party? Is there a big celebration? You know, I have a dinner with my family. Well, we just we just saw a clip of you in uh, the new movie, The Batman. Right, the I Batman. love the the. The yeah. Batman. The Batman. <laughs> now, you're playing... Carmine Falcone, right. my boss in, right. in, uh, in the in city. He's in the, uh, the comics, you know, the, the Frank the... Miller comics, Year sure. One, The Last Halloween, mm -hmm. everything. And uh, opposite uh, Robert Pattinson's uh, Batman, Batman there. Uh, I don't associate you necessarily with playing a deadly baddie, like your bad guy I who was... could kill you. I played bad guys when I was younger. 
-hmm. And then I tried to, you know, get away from that a little bit. But I've, I, I've played a few bad guys in my day. Miller's, sure. Miller's Crossing. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, he's that's know. Bernie Birnbaum. Uh, yeah, he's like yeah. a weak bad guy. Yeah, this, this is, is the like guy. A super tough he's guy. sort of the, the man behind the curtain, you know, sort mm -hmm. of the predator who, you know, offers his services to people as a benefactor and then he kind of, you know, owns them, you know. Right. In a way. It's, it's very menacing. They even yeah. that little clip. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I you know, some. When you play a bad guy, it's kind of fun because you, you get to be sort of irresponsible in some ways. Uh, what do you mean? But like, uh, you, have to, like... you get to do things that you can't do at home. You know what I mean? Oh, like sure. Not wash your dishes. Sure, you know, sure, not pick sure. up your clothes. You know, not have your wife tell you like, "What, what are you doing, Stephen?" You know, <laughs> this is you know. But uh, I, you know, I kind of grew up not that my father was a builder and he was a very honest guy, but he had plenty of jobs where he had to work for these type of people, and you know, he used to always. He worked for this one particular guy who was a bodybuilder, and he was, you know, in a model. He was named, they used to call him Superman, another DC comic guy, because he, he had a body like Superman. Yeah. And my father used to tell me, don't ever look him in the eyes. You know, when you talk to him, just look, keep your, your eyes on the ground. Uh, and so, really? you know, for real, because he was afraid, like, that he would seduce me or. You know, like, you know, because they draw you into their web. Say, what can into I do for the, you, kid? the glamour of evil, yeah, as we yeah. say. And, uh, yeah, and he, you know, he thought he was so strong. And uh, one day, my uncle, who was very strong, they were looking at this big girder, which was part of a foundation. And he was saying, I think I could move it. You know, because he probably killed people, so he thought he could move the girder. <laughs> and uh, he tried, and he, he couldn't do it. And then my uncle, who was really strong, who knew how to do it with his legs, yeah. you know, was very heavy, a big... And he took it off the cinder block, and the guy like looked at him like, "Well, you know, I could still kill you. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, Don't feel too uh, big. No, but those kind of people, it, it, they really are. You know, they're really parasitic. So yeah. I've kind of grew up always staying away from that. But when you do something like this, you know, you you try your best. You to... got something to tap into there. Something at least a little experience. To, to tap into. A look in yeah. the eye. Because it's look... kind of a film noirish detective yeah. story. Yeah. You know? Well, Batman's. Film noirish. Yeah, but this one is really, uh, really real film noir in many ways are you, because are you, you see them trying to solve the crime and sort of Batman becoming who we get to know him. You know, he's at that stage where he's sort of awakening at the stage what you were talking about with our, you know, kids at between a certain age where they're still they yeah. don't know who they are. You know, yeah. and I was thinking about you. You'd be great in a film noir. I would be. Yes. Yeah. You'd be who, like, wait, wait, yeah, who no, am I? No, who you'd am be I great in film noir. Am I a, the killer or no, the no, detective? Like, who am I? Like Fred McMurray. Fred McMurray when he was in Double Indemnity. Right, who... Yeah, who, like he's a, he's a killer, but no one expects him. He seems like Everyone, he's a nice guy. Yeah, you got all dead bodies behind you and stuff like that. <laughs> you'd be great. Fantastic. Shh. You know what I mean? And then Jean-Baptiste and I, we'd, we'd, we'd find, we'd be the detectives, and we'd, you know, we'd, we'd arrest you, we'd bring you, you down. You and John? Yeah. You and you guys team <laughs> yeah. up to take yeah. me down? Yeah. yeah. No, and but, nobody but believes you. Actor. And but nobody believes actor. you. Right. Because I'm Stephen Colbert. No, no one but you could, you could, you're, you're a good actor. I know, yeah, you are, so. John yeah. Turturro just said I'm yeah, a good actor. no, you could be, I would cast you in a film noir. You would cast me? Yes, in a film, definitely. Don't do it. You maybe direct. Direct me in a I'm in, I'm available. Okay. I'm next, booked. Yeah. Can say, you get me in the new... How about the Batman? There'll be, there'll be another Batman, I'm sure, after this. <laughs> there'll be sure. The Batman, you know, yeah. part... More Batman. Yeah, you know, more Batman. <laughs> we have to take a quick break, but don't go anywhere. When we come back, John and I will talk about our new movie we're doing together. Uh -huh. <laughs>
Enjoying this episode of The Late Show Pod Show? Then head to cohst.app slash late show or visit the link in the description to fill out our quick two-minute survey all about getting to know you. John Turturro. Oh, Were you yeah. DC? Oh, yeah, guy? I like DC, yes. DC. I, my first love, I have to be honest, uh, was Zorro. That's my first when I was a kid. Sure. Because I had, I used to draw the mustache and have the, you know, the mask. When I would eat, like, you know, cereal and stuff like that, I was always happy. And when Zorro would come on, you know, da 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 And I had the, you know, the, I had the, the sword. Yes. Some of my father would come home from work, I, I put the Z on his stomach, like Sergeant Garcia, you know what I mean? Sure, sure, of course. You know, I love Zorro, but Z- Bat- Zorro influenced Batman. Man. I mean, obviously. Really? For real? Uh, yes, absolutely, yes. Because he's the predecessor. They also have black capes, sure, black sure. masks. They have two identities. Come on. There it is. I mean. There it is. I mean, Se- like sealed, done. And, you know, it's, let's face it, the black outfit is the best outfit. You know, come sure. on. It's, you it's, got very slender, it's very slenderizing. Yeah, it's a, well, yeah, except for Adam, Adam West. He, he had the. But he he had the. Star. He didn't wear black. No, but Adam West. He was like that kind of that that Adam kind West of like almost a, periwinkle blue. He was the best. With the big underwear the, the, and the, the belt the buckle and the utility belt. And his line readings was like, why is Jean Baptiste sitting at the piano over there, like, with always a little question mark. And but I loved his body. Sure. His body, because he looked like a playboy. Well, that's a right? body he that really I could Bruce aspire White. to. I cannot. <laughs> I cannot yeah. aspire to Robert yeah. Pattinson's body, yeah. but, but I, remember, I already have. I already have Adam West down. I remember. You, can you do Adam West? I have the physique. No, not a, but re, do you remember? I don't know if you watched Batman when you were a kid. Of course, yeah. When the Bang Green Bang. Hornet came on, then they had to fight the Green Hornet, and then I was my, uh, you know, I loved Batman, but but then, was, but then they had Kato. But it was a misunderstanding, right? Yeah, there's a misunderstanding. They thought the Green Hornet was a bad guy. But I know. It wasn't really. But once I saw Kato, he also was dressed in black. Sure. So with I was a little thinking, mask, with the Zorro with mask. With another mask, too. So that was... I know what I'm getting you for your birthday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. Just no. a little oh, mask. I mean, come on. The rapier. The there rapier you go. Fantastic. Next time we should do... Well, in, the, in the yeah, film. But he has one of those names that he'd be... Jean-Baptiste? With, with, the, with the sword. Oh, 100%. He should have a sword right out. Like a, there you go. With the album, man, yeah. you know? Mm. I mean, even... Yeah. Really, can you see him go with his initials? Sure. Just a J. Yeah, it's a J. J. You know, then a P, you like that. And then he plays the piano, like that. <laughs> Fantastic. He also would be good in a movie, too, you see? Of course I think, I think we're, like, we're like kind of working on something right here. I think so, too. Yeah. yeah you know what yeah. I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know who's going to be the superhero, but you're, you're definitely the, the bad guy. <laughs> yeah. I'm honored. Yeah, no. I'm honored. <laughs> John Avlon. I'm Rachel Martin. After hosting Morning Edition for years, I know that the news can wear you down. So we made a new podcast called Wild Card, where a special deck of cards and a whole bunch of fascinating guests help us sort out what makes life meaningful. It's part game show, part existential deep dive, and it is seriously fun. Join me on Wild Card wherever you get your podcasts. Only from NPR. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. My next guest is an author and senior political analyst at CNN. Please welcome back to The Late Show, John Avlon. 
Thanks for being here. Nice to see you again. Great to see you as always. Now, uh, all eyes are on Russia and Ukraine. President Biden spoke today, uh, called this the, the, the beginning of an invasion. Um, wh what did you think, two parts, what did you think of Biden's speech, and what is the beginning of invasion? How is that different than an invasion? Isn't that a little bit pregnant? Uh, it, it is, and yet that's what Putin's trying to convince the world, right? You know, we're going to say these two, these two regions of Ukraine are actually part of Russia, so we're going to send in peacekeepers, but it's an invasion. Um, he just hasn't moved on Kiev yet. Look, here's the deal. Biden's got to make the case to the American people for why Ukraine matters. But he's actually been setting this up for a long time. He's been very consistent saying the challenge of our time is democracy versus autocracy. And it could not be more starkly laid out. That's what's happening right now. This is Vladimir Putin uh, moving against the international order, everything from self-determination to laws to decency to democracy, um, and saying that might makes right. And then it's up to the democracies of the world, thank you, That's right. uh, the democracies of the world to stand up, stand together, and say no. This aggression will not stand, and we'll see if, if sanctions, in a targeted way, are enough to really deter him, as long as the Russian elites and the Kremlin, those kleptocrats, feel the pain. Because we, we don't want a hot war. We're not going to have one here. But, but this is an affront to democracy, and it's a test case for the trajectory of the rest of the century. Make no mistake. It's Ukraine today, Taiwan tomorrow. So watch out. That is the that is the that is sort of the uh, the chilling part of this. Yes. That it does feel like the opening move of a very long chess game of reorganizing the international political reality and the post World War II, uh, however imperfect, the post World War II peace. Yeah, perfect's never on the menu. Right. But we can't take our gains for granted. You know, we can't take democracy for granted, and I think there's a danger of that. You know, we, we see it here at home. We, we certainly see it abroad right now when people are saying, why does this matter? It, it matters because, as you said, we've had 75 years of relative peace and prosperity in Europe. That's virtually unheard of in human history, right? I mean, those folks were killing each other for centuries. And, and yet what happened is we won the peace after the Second World War, mm -hmm. right? I mean, we, we insisted, following actually Lincoln's prescription, unconditional surrender followed by a magnanimous peace. We built our former enemies back up. And we invested in peace in the form of the Marshall Plan. And, and that's what happened. And interestingly, you know, oh, I appreciate the uh, little product oh, placement we're, there. We're getting to it. We're going to get to it in just a moment, I promise. But, but you know, where actually this book came from is really relevant to that. I, I found a quote from General Lucius Clay, who was the American general who did the German occupation. He was actually a Southerner. He was from Georgia, born 30 years after the Civil War. And someone asked him, what guided your decisions? And he said... I tried to think what Abraham Lincoln would have done for the South if he had lived. Mm. And, and it's that sense, investing in peace is the key. You need to wage peace. Well, the na name of the book is Lincoln and the Fight for Peace. What is that fight for peace? What Lincoln understood, and then I think the fact of the Civil War, and there had never been a Civil War on a, that scale before in human history. Lincoln there hadn't been any kind of war at that scale because it was sort of the first modern war. That's right. So a, a savagery that was unimaginable. I mean, you know, three-quarters of a million Americans died, Americans on both sides. And what's, what's democracy was, you know, at stake, because remember, it was an attempt to basically decide that Abraham Lincoln was an illegitimate president, an insurrection, an attack to separate. It was about slavery, four million American slaves. It was about freedom. But Lincoln also understood this key fact, and this is the fight for peace. 
that if you don't win the peace, you don't really win the war. And in a civil war, you can't pound your opponents into submission. You need to find a way to live together again. And so Lincoln was thinking long term, past that immediate cause and effect, and he was developing a plan to win the peace with malice toward none, with charity for all. He was setting the stage, but then he's assassinated five days after Appomattox, and he never gets to implement that vision. So it's his unfinished symphony. So one of the things that Lincoln talked about in his first inaugural was appealing to the better angels of our nature. Yeah. And, and that is, those angels are the ones that allow us to charity, malice toward none and charity toward all. People often talk about our present national condition as a cold civil war, yeah. whereas we certainly on social media, but often geographically, we, we, we self-select for our own communities and yeah. we don't listen to each other anymore. When you look at what Lincoln's goals were and what his dream was for the post-Civil War America, what do you see as a prescription for us to appeal to the better angels of our nature now? What are those better angels that we can call on? Because there's gotta be something on the other side of this dark moment. What Lincoln really understood, aside from the fact that even in the Civil War, he understood there was more that united us than divided us as Americans. That's tough to do. He didn't demonize people he disagreed with, um, but he practiced what I call the politics of the golden rule, right? Treat other people as you would like to be treated. And it is just as difficult and powerful as that. And I think, look, our, our empathy has been tested, all of us. But, but the fact that he balanced his moral courage with moderation, that he never felt a sense of moral superiority, that he tried to reason with people using empathy as, as a pathway to persuasion, even in the middle of a civil war, that if he could do it then, that even though that example seems impossibly high, and it was rare in his time too, that that's what we need to aim toward. We'll fall short, but we need to aim towards that again. And, and remember that the vast majority of folks are, are not the screamers and the professional dividers and the people who are, are trying to profit off all this polarization. The vast majority of people are basically good. And we need to remember that and then build on that. Well, thank you for this book. It is a profound meditation and a lesson for us all and a beautiful work. Thank, thank you, you my friend. This has been The Late Show Poncho with Stephen Colbert. If you're enjoying The Late Show Pod Show, leave us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Watch The Late Show with Stephen Colbert weeknights at 11.35, 10.35 Central on CBS and Paramount+. And for more exclusive Late Show content, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Late Show on YouTube. Hey, everyone. It's David Duchovny. Do you ever feel like a failure? Trust me, I get it. Hell, I've spent my whole life almost feeling like a failure. It's appropriate, though, because on Fail Better, my new podcast with Lemonada Media, exploring the world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives is the whole point. Each week, I'll chat with artists, athletes, actors, and experts about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, I hope we can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out on May 7th, wherever you get your podcasts.